0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Lineup with Dave Prodan. I'm Dave Prodan, and we're here for episode four. So far, across three episodes, we've had Peter Townen, Coco Ho, Debbie Beecham, and I want to say thank you to everyone that subscribed and rated us. It really means a lot. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to be dropping one of these every Friday from now until our sun becomes a red giant consuming Mercury and Venus and frying the earth in about 5 billion years or some point between then and now. Additionally, our buddies at WSL Pure have just dropped their One Ocean podcast. It has a lot of fantastic information that might actually get us to that 5 billion years. So please search WSL Pure One Ocean in your podcast app of choice. Okay, episode four. The following continues to be a topic that comes up both inside and outside the building, and for good reason. The violent pace with which the quote-unquote Brazilian storm has come to dominate the surfing world cannot be overstated. For almost four decades, Brazilian surfers have battled for the world title without success. And in the past five years, they've won three men's titles and they're in a very strong position to win a fourth this season. And that's potentially spread out across three different surfers, which is really staggering when you consider the depth component. This isn't just some rogue talent like Medina taking on the world. This is a collective of world beaters. It's almost unbelievable. It's also a story that I feel like I have a personal association with because their rise to power came during my watch at the ASP slash WSL. When I started in 2006, Adriano Souza was a rookie and he finished 20th on the CT. And he was the highest placing Brazilian. He was next up followed by both Victor Ribas and Pedersen Hosa, who finished equal 29th. Today, 14 of the last 21 men's CT events have been won by Brazil, 14. Of the last 21. That's two-thirds. That is absolutely bananas. I may be one of the longer surviving lab rats at the WSL, but I haven't been around for that long. And that's a staggering shift in that amount of time. And as of this recording, three of the top five surfers heading into the final event of the year at Pipeline are from Brazil. We're very fortunate to be speaking to one of those surfers today someone who burst onto the international stage from relative anonymity at the 2011 US Open Pro Junior in a to-be-discussed stacked final, someone who immediately became a culture-shifting force on the qualifying series and qualified for the Elite Championship Tour at 17 years old, where he has since developed a reputation as the quote-unquote fastest surfer on earth, all en route to claiming an impressive eight CT victories so far. Please enjoy the lineup's conversation with current WSL number four and 2019 world title contender, Felipe Toledo. The good old clap, take one. That's right. How many of you knew what you wanted to be when you were seven years old?
1: I did. I wanted to be a world champion. Hey, is there honesty involved in this podcast? Can we be honest?
0: We can shut your fucking lips. And then I'll just say, put them up once, let's go. He's like, you look too pretty on the wave. Get ugly. We can talk about DMT if you want. I thought you were boxing. <laughs> OK, so I, I started with the ASP in 2006. And I was in North America. So like all the North America events were a big deal. And the media was a big deal. And I remember in 2011 going to the US Open and the pro junior final having John John Florence, Connor Coffin, Kalohan, Dino, and this kid that no one knew, Felipe Toledo. He had awesome painted boards. Yep. And he smoked everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me the story of that week when you beat everybody.
1: Wow, that was was actually super funny. It was interesting because I was, um, at that time, I was sponsored by Billabong, and then I had like six months with no sticker on the nose of my board and, you know, we're having conversations with different sponsors and we ended up signing up with uh, Nike at the time. So I, what I did, I was like, because from Ubatuba to Sao Paulo is like four hour drive. So like we drove four hours, got in Sao Paulo on Friday. We signed a contract. On Saturday, I was flying to, to California, you know, for the US Open. My first time ever in California. And um, so I got there and I was meeting all these people from Nike, you know, like big bosses and, you know, like athletes. I remember it was actually first time I met Laura Never, Carissa Moore, you know, Julian Wilson, Nat Young, all these guys. I was like, whoa, that's crazy. You know, man, it's it's right here is the big deal. And I got the wild card for the junior and for the for the pro as well and i could barely speak english at that time you know just hi i want a coffee cheeseburger and coca-cola that's <laughs> the it essentials that was it yeah. yeah that was it so yeah i got there i was staying with uh, scooby and alejo and you know it was my first heat so nervous new sponsor all the bosses were over there you know at that time was sponsored by nike the event and first heat i served kind of well and then you know by then i was needing a score with you know 30 seconds I took off in a wave and just went for a big air you know backhand air and Linda got the score you know everyone was like oh that's cool that's cool and then since that first heat too I got to the semifinal, final every time I turned the heat with like a minute 30 seconds 45 seconds in the end you know like it was just so excited every time you know the heat and he was um and then I got in the final with you know the three big names of you know North America Chloe, John and Connor and at that time you know like I knew those guys and they're like oh that's Kolohe that's you know John and Carner." but it was not something that I was like oh my god like Mick Fanny like you know Andy Irons you know it was not something really huge for me Mm. I was like okay yeah I know they're really good yeah yeah yeah, yeah, I know you know they're they're pretty big names but I mean I got this you know I was like I was really excited and and it was fun you know like Kolohe started really well I think and then John got what got a wave and I got one on the inside you know, drew like a big air and landed. And on the way back, I got another Insider, you know, that gave me the same ramp, another big air and got a pair of sevens, I think. And the best part of it was like when I was in the podium, you know, got the trophy and I remember the time I think it was Dave. I think he was doing the- Dave Stanfield. Yes. And he asked me, now I I know why he asked me, you know, he was like, oh, yeah. Can you tell us about, about, you know, like how was your travel? How was your journey to get here? You know, like how's your week? You know, like how's the new sponsor? And how's, you know, to beat all these guys in the final? And as I said, I could barely speak English. I didn't even understand a word. he asked me, (laughs) I was like, I had, you know, like I had a phrase already in my mind, what I was going to say. I was like, thank you so much for everyone. I'm super stoked. And what do I say? uh, And then I was like, thank my sponsors and thank you, my family. That was it. And everyone's laughing so hard. I was like, okay. You know, I didn't even understand what was going on. But um, that was funny. You know, that was probably the main event, you know, for me to like to show up in the international media.
0: I mean, do you look back and think that that week like transformed your entire life in a lot of ways?
1: For sure. Yeah for sure first time i actually did an interview in english (laughs) you know
0: it's funny you say that i mean i I don't really know of any instance where like to say like it was reversed and john or colohe or connor went to sao paulo and won like you know they wouldn't ask them the question in portuguese yeah Yeah. it's different right
1: it's you know it's it's english you know it's global language and you know everyone gotta speak english Yeah, we're gonna try to change that. You know, since we're majority on tour right now, (laughs) you know.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny because this came up. I was talking to um, one of the elder Australian statesmen from the industry, and he was really praising Brazil. You know, Mm -hmm. um, obviously, and we're asking about the Australian class on tour right now, and his opinion was, well, you know, it actually took like thirty years for. Brazil to lay the groundwork to have the Brazilian storm you know Flavio and Neko and those guys really laid the track for you guys to come on and come on in such a big way you know is that something you guys think about
1: oh yeah that's for sure you know if it wasn't by all these guys Fabio Flavio and you know even Neko you know those that was, that was on tour and you know all these guys you know they they opened the door for us for us to be here today and You know, it was, it was, it was different times, you know, like at that time there were just, you know, surfing, just surfing, you know, it was not something really professional or something that you needed to train and, you know, get really focused and it was just for fun, you know, they're making money out of it and just partying and, you know, traveling places and just enjoying the moment. And then, you know, once we got, you know, our chances, we're like, well, okay, it's, you know it's different you know we can actually live you know from that from surfing we can buy a house we can you know get our family together you know it's it was it was something bigger you know we um we understood that and you know we, we were just like okay let's let's do it let's make it happen you know let's train let's focus you know and let's you know enjoy this but at the same time like take it super serious you know cuz it those there was, those was only one chance for us i think you know to really Go over there and you know and win and get all the sponsors, i get opportunities, and because coming from Brazil, all those guys they didn't have any opportunities. You know, it was it was always super hard for them to get a major sponsor, like a really big sponsor that was going to support them the whole year, or different equipment. You know, like a brand new board or a brand new leash and all this, you know, these little things that today we have. So yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's why we're taking more in a professional way. You right. know,
0: when I started on tour it was oh five oh six and it's kinda like you go to a new school yep. and it's the cafeteria and like no one wants to eat with the new kid. Yeah. And so it wasn't like, you know, at night or in the morning you'd rock up and be like, Kelly move over. Like let's let's share a milkshake together or something. Like and at the time, um Adriana was on tour and mm. Haytor and uh Neko. Okay. And I got really close with them. Yep. Like because because they were really open to it and they had really interesting stories and i feel like at the time most of the surfing world wasn't paying attention to it you know and it's one of those things that i think the information age like the internet everything if you think 25 years ago the only time you'd get to see world-class surfing was when the tour came to town yep and now everyone has access to training shaping equipment Um, they get to see the world's best surfers all the time so the development regardless of where you're from, is about the same. And so the point of difference really becomes like motivation, yep. right? And I think that's, would you agree that that's like a big thing for for why Brazil has been so successful?
1: Um, yeah, you know, I agree with you. It's um, a good example of that. It's uh, Jaddy, you know, Jetson You know, he's, you know, he has a family of what, nine people, mm. you know, that he has to take care of. Yeah. House and, you know, bills and put food in their houses. And, you know, it's, uh, it's that, Big thing that motivates Jetson to you know requalified two back to back years and yeah. you know um, do the QS has been on the, the road forever and do the CTs and go here and go over there and you know like it's it takes a lot from you you know um, it is the dream tour it's amazing to be on the tour go p- beautiful places but it takes a lot from you you know and to be doing that for so many years you know like Adriano like Jaddy, you know, Raoni did, Neko, yeah. you know, all these guys. It was definitely something behind them, you know, motivate, motivating them. You know, like family or it was just a kid or, you know, just a house or a bill that he needed to pay. You know, it was like, yeah. even if it was like really small, but it was just like, that's my chance right there. You know, like one heat, you know, I can... Pay the view and have a little extra money to make it to another contest you know i that that's that was the main thing
0: and it's funny you say that like i think that hunger is like maybe the most important characteristic and if you look back at all the world champs like men's and women's for like 43 years none of them necessarily came from a lot mm. you know i remember even in kelly slater's book like he would talk about his early years on tour and he'd be like wow if, if we may if i make another heat i can buy like a couch yeah, my house you yeah. know like and I, I, it's a huge thing
1: it sounds real so small it's just a, it's just a couch but it's just like it's my opportunity you know like to make that heat and get a really good couch from it from a house that, that's you know i think still like like that nowadays you know yeah even though like you see gabriel like millions of followers even me got you know a couple thousand followers it's just like oh okay he got it, he got it sponsors and everything but we still have a life you know <laughs> you bills to pay and everything so um that's why we you know i think brazilian or the brazilian storm has been so, so successful in you know in everything for sure
0: and your dad's a great surfer
1: yeah well yeah. i mean not today but <laughs> but he he, he was he's a been, national yeah. champ right yeah i was like two three times brazilian champ yeah yeah
0: so it's so dad got you into surfing yes
1: yeah. yeah he was he was the one that put me on the surfboard with nine months nine months yeah i was like
0: all right so everyone listening to this that's the standard
1: (laughs) but he didn't it's funny because he didn't force it us to be like surfer you know because i surf my younger brother surf my older brother surfs and she didn't force anything you know on us he was we're like okay let's go beach day we had a ball we had you know like all those other toys and we had a surfboard as well yeah you know whenever we wanted to play with the surfboard yeah it was there you know
0: we we see it a lot. I'm sure you've seen it a lot too. Um, and as surfing gets bigger, you see a lot of parents really pushing. Yeah, like you have to surf, you have to surf. Yeah. And you're a father now too, and so am I. You know, and it's one of those things where it's like I've seen it go bad so many times. It's like if you don't want to surf, that's
1: yeah, okay. kid gets like two, 12 years of age, he goes like I hate surfing. Yeah. I don't want to do it anymore. Of course, because yeah. <laughs> you're pushing way too hard.
0: Yeah. Did you guys ever do anything else like soccer or anything?
1: I try to do everything. Yeah, with them, you know, they took them to swim class, to play guitar, to soccer, volleyball, whatever they want to do. You know, yeah. they see things on TV or you know just on YouTube thing. You know, just watching It's just like, oh, I want to do this. I want to go dance. It's Like, yeah, let's go. You know, yeah, yeah. just take them to classes everywhere whatever they want to do i mean you know i'm, I'm not here to force them to like no i'm always a surfer you gotta be a surfer you gotta be a surfer of course i was gonna be really happy if they're surfers, you know? <laughs> of course you know but um
0: what about when you were a kid did you ever have anything else that maybe distract not distracted but you, you were like maybe i'll be a soccer player or maybe i'll do this
1: yeah I, was, I used to play soccer every day what was your every position day. i was i was always in the front you know i was always Fast. trying to score <laughs> 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 but um you know, because where I used to live, we had like a little, you know, a soccer field, small one. Mm. It was, but it was just like the guys from, you know, this little, it was like four or six uh, streets that everyone was so tied together, you know, every day is like go to houses calling everyone to go play soccer or, you know, just walk around and do things. And, um, it was it was something really fun. Sometimes I was like, no, I'm not surfing today. I'm just playing soccer. You know, sure. it was it was just something fun. And my dad wasn't forcing me. And um, I think that's why you know it turned turned out to be so natural for me to like, oh, okay. One day I was like, oh, you know, this this feeling is like is something different. You know, right. that soccer doesn't give me. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, we're out there. Let's go. I'm a surfer. <laughs>
0: yeah and you become a sir and you're right like that it hooks you and it's like this is different than anything else i got so i'm gonna do this forever whether i'm a professional or not yeah walk me through that feeling to realizing you were really good to being like this could be my career like what what did that look like for you
1: so um i think there was like two times of my life that i you know i remember you know one was like i was about seven or eight years old and I was competing on the on the on the amateur events in in São Paulo state, and I've I I won like two or three events, and then it was like four events, you know, total. And then and then I got second in the last one, and I still you know won the rankings and everything, so I was a champion, like under the it was the under ten. Mm. I was like, oh, that's cool, that's cool, you know. Like, oh, I want to be a surfer, you know. At that time, I was like, okay, I want to be a surfer. That's that's for sure. And then. You know, all those years went by and then I was like 15 to 16 years old. I did my first um, professional event in Mm -hmm. Brazil. It was a national one. And, you know, I was just making true hits and I got in the the quarterfinals. My dad goes like, okay, in the quarterfinals, if you win, I would do like a really bad haircut, you know. And that thing (laughs) motivated me, you know. I was like, okay, now I'm going to win. Now, (laughs) man, you're done. And then I, I went there, I won the whole thing. It was funny because I made the same final with Holly Batista, which used to be in the QSs, and Luel Felipe, which is still competing nowadays. And I won the event. And that day, you know, I was like, okay, I want to be a professional surfer. Right. Now, you know, like that's, that's I'm going to start my career right here, you Mm -hmm. know, as a professional surfer. So that day I turned out to be, you know, a professional surfer. You know, we went to ASP. We paid out uh, a Braspi, which was the Brazilian association. We paid the tax and it was like, okay, now I'm a professional surfer.
0: (laughs) What did dad's haircut look
1: like? Uh, He was like Ronaldo in the the World Cup. Remember that? (laughs) Just a little thing here in front. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, Ronaldo looked cool at the time, but not my dad. Yeah. uh, (laughs) It it, It was funny.
0: So at that time, you were surfing for Billabong.
1: I was surfing for Billabong at the time.
0: And what what did what did mom and dad do at the time? Did you guys for work? Did, did you guys come from a lot or?
1: Um, or so lot, yeah, my dad yeah. my dad worked at the at um, you know um, how do you call it, from for the he worked for the city. Yep. You know, and uh, he used to be a, a surf teacher. Oh, okay. And every day from eight to twelve, and then from two to six, you know, he was working every day at the beach. Yep. And um. So he did that for 11 years and my mom was just you know doing c- things at home yeah, yeah taking care of the family she she actually helped a lot you know she did like even you know like Brigadero. you know what Brigadero? No. from you know it's like a chocolate thing you know we do in oh, Brazil yeah yeah I know what you're talking about yeah Okay so she used to do that to sell on the beach you know while my dad was working yep. working and she did that to help she uh she used to you know um buy like girl sandals and you know put like little rocks you know shiny rocks on that you know do a couple of designs and sell that as well and um she she you know she did a little bit of everything to yeah. help us but my dad used you know to do that and um he he used to be sponsor at that time as well just a little sponsor like 500 bucks you know a month and nothing nothing much and then i got on billabong really young i was like nine i think mm. or a little less like eight or nine yeah and then you know it was just just a little amount of money as well just to help at home and right. you know even that money i was using to help my mom and dad to pay you know a couple bills and um used to get money borrowed from my grandma you know and my grandpa you know get checks and everything to go you know to the contest right. and um yeah that was pretty much it my dad used to be a surf teacher and my mom was just housewife
0: did it did it make you how how to make you feel to be able to earn money from surfing and then give that back to the broader family to be like, cool, I'm, I'm helping.
1: Oh, it's amazing. You know, I even talk about that with them the other day, you know, just like, I don't want you guys to feel like, you know, like pressured by me, you know, like, Oh, I'm here. We're here. You know, like you're, you know, um, giving money for us to leave here. You don't have to, you've got your family already. I'm like you guys, I'm here because of you guys today, you know, like, yeah, you guys did everything you guys could for, for me to be here. And, of course, if it wasn't you guys, I don't know what it was going to be, you know? Of course. And, you know, I'm, like, super, super proud to, you know, today help them, you know, have a really good life here in California. And, you know, they have, like, two cars. I have my car. And, you know, they have a house. I have one. And, you know, everything's working so good. And, you know, with all the sponsors I have, too, been supporting me a lot. And, you know, for me to be able to, to give them a really good life. And, you know, even my two younger bro, my brother and my sister are going to college right now you know doing a really good thing it's i was like you know you if they finish school what well, what are you gonna do you know like yeah just hanging in there with all the other kids you know that's staying there in britain butuba as well they're every time i go back they're in the same spot doing the same thing you know just like they don't change you know yeah because of course it's so hard back they're just there. opportunity right? Yeah. i mean
0: that, yeah that and that's that's an amazing story just from the I mean, because they're still very involved in your success as well. Yeah. So you guys roll really deep and a lot of people on tour do. Like yeah. a lot of people have really big support mechanisms. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, that that's amazing. Yeah, and, and as you said, like cool. I, I mean, is that I mean, I don't know, was that ever a goal or when did that become a goal for you to say, I'm gonna be really good at this and I'm gonna get wherever it was, I'm gonna get my family to a place where they have all these opportunities.
1: I actually never thought about, about that. You know, it was just something natural that happened. You know, um, we went to Hawaii, um, the year that I qualified, um, 2012. Mm-hmm. It was, um, cause I got in Hawaii and, you know, I got the, the news that was on tour on the next year and they were over there with me and then we're just over there cruising, you know, and, and going around and you know, surfing and doing, you know, the triple crown and, um, and then they were like, Oh, Hawaii's really cool, man. We should we should move to Hawaii and leave here? I was like, Okay, you guys go, I'll go back to Ubatuba, you know? I'm not leaving over there. And then well, I went next year I went to my dad to Australia and he goes like, Oh man, Australia is so cool. We should move here, you know, like, it's amazing. <laughs> I was like, Man, you're kidding me? Like, no, that's not happening. You know, I love you batuba, I love being with my friends, you know, I'm not leaving. And then the middle of the year we went to tres event and then it was actually the no, yeah, there was, there was a CT event. So we were there and I was, and then I was like, my mom and dad was with me. And I was like, oh, this place is so amazing. I think that's probably the only place that I could leave. And they were like, okay, we're so- moving, you know, <laughs> let's go. And then next thing, 2014, we start, you know, um, doing all the paperwork. Immigration process. Oh, uh, it, it takes a lot, you know, it's so many things to do and it takes a lot of time. And in six months, we had everything and you know, we we came up with the idea, you know, moving the family to Bob Hurley and Brandon Gilmer at Pat O'Connell. And they were like, amazing. Mm. Come on, we help you guys. You know, and we we're like, oh, you know, we never thought that was going to be that easy. And they were like helping us with, you know, housing, like renting a house mm. and getting, you know, like all the paperwork and everything. So um, July 17th, it was our first day here in California yeah you remember i remember that yeah that's amazing it was right after my mom's birthday (laughs) what a birthday present it was amazing
0: (laughs) it's a funny story about like everywhere we go on tour your family's like we could live here we can live here yeah my my dad uh traveled for work too and when i started traveling for the job he was like yeah i traveled a lot like you travel a lot like i traveled to cincinnati like everywhere you go is really nice (laughs) you don't get to complain um but it's a little bit like that. Like you kind of it is a dream tour in a lot
1: of ways. Yeah. Yeah, it's I mean, you know, we're we're actually you know in one spot for like 2 weeks. You know, of course everything was going to be amazing. Just mm. like, okay, 2 weeks here was amazing. Oh my god. Yeah. And then you know, like okay, now imagine here for the rest of your life, you know, yeah. <laughs> traveling, going places, and you know they, you know, they understand that too. And they're like, okay, we we can't just do that, just go, you know. Like, and then I think San Clemente, California, was some it was it was a blessing for us. Of course, yeah.
0: You know, you mentioned Pat O'Connell and Bob Hurley and Brandon Gilmat, who um, they're integral to the Hurley program, of which you're still very much a part of. But you were you were one of the pillars of a really world-class Nike surfing program. And in 2011, it was maybe the biggest story of the year where those programs combined. And uh, that happened, I think, in Hawaii in November, December. Tell us that story of, of A, being a part of the Nike program and B, getting the news and joining the Hurley family.
1: Um, yeah, it was, uh, as you said, you know, it was a work class program, you know, being with Nike, it was only, you know, just, just a few athletes. I remember me, Nat Young, Julian, Alejo, Chloe, Chloe was, yeah, he was over there at the time. I think it was just, you know, just a few surfers, not many people. And, and then we got the news, you know, everything was combining every, everyone's going to be in the same team as, you know, Hurley, major sponsor. And, um, you know, we're just like, okay, well. You know, I'm 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 still here. You know, <laughs> I'm still having the sticker on the nose on my board. I'm still with the contract and and everything. And I mean, it didn't really change for me that mm-hmm. much. You know, it was just extra teammates. You know, for yeah. me. <laughs> but it was um, it was definitely you know uh you know a year that I spent with Nike being like really really amazing. Sure. Like uh, another level of treatment. You know, like just as you said, work class. was yeah. It was really cool.
0: How, how do you get along with your teammates at Hurley, or I guess and even other programs like Sharp Eye or Monster or whatever? Hurley's probably the most appropriate one because mm-hmm. it's such a big international yeah. team. Do you get competitive with them for results or clips, or is it more kind of friendly? Like, how, how do you guys get along?
1: Um, No, it's pretty easy, actually, you know. Um, maybe for you. you y- no, ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> N- not for the other ones, maybe, you know. But, <laughs> I mean, I just, you know, I, I take as a, you know, I. As a family, you know, um, they're they're my sponsors, you know, and I got a contract and, you know, nothing's going to change that, you know, unless I'm I'm not doing the things that you want me to do, you know. And I feel like, you know, creating that, you know, that little, you know, competitive thing between us, it's, I don't think it's going to help. Like you know, way we're doing like oh we want to do a trip with everyone you know or just getting a trip. Someone's trying to be more and you know like it gets in a you know in a situation which everyone is uncomfortable. I don't I'm not like that you know I just you know I try to get everyone together and you know everyone to be really happy and you know whoever gets the best photo, he got the best photo. It was his day and or got the best clip. You know whatever I just you know I just want to surf and you know do really good for them. But um, you know it's. They're they're always super cool. You know, Michelle, Julian, Ace, um, Koloha. You know, all, all the guys. They're always super super fun and super um, friendly, especially especially with me. You know, that came from Brazil, mm. living here. Probably the youngest one on the on the team. They you know they really took me as a as a as a family. You know, so that was, was really cool.
0: And it was such an interesting sequence of events, right? Because the teams combined. In the end of the year, and yeah. then right at the start of twenty twelve they announced they signed John John, yep, which is like, whoa, these is already a really big team, and now you've got John, but you and John seem like you're really close like he when he was filming a view from a blue moon like he made an effort or made an effort, but part of the plan was going to Brazil and you guys filmed a segment together like what's your relationship like to John?
1: oh uh, yeah, um it was actually really cool to be a part of that um he you know when he called me to do that. I was like, hey man, you wanna be a part of the movie? I was like, Oh, yeah, for sure, man, of course. And um I think that trip really got us super close to each other. Um, you know, we're just it was just me and him. You know, there was no other surfer together. So um it was my chance to really get to know him and um, him to get to know me and you know we're just sharing experiences and, and surfing and pushing each other and um you know it was it was it was a trip like really um, really fun and, you know, um, productive, I want to say. And since that trip, you know, we're always texting and talking to each other, surfing, you know, whenever we had a chance and, uh, filming together, you know, my filmer got really close to his filmer, you know, they were like, uh, you know, texting each other as well. And, you know, and I think he's kind of like me, you know, always in the good vibes. And, trying to get everyone together trying to make everyone happy and caring about people and um I think that's why we're like you know we kind of got together about that
0: you know I, I think uh, knowing John a little bit like I think he really thrives when he's around people that he knows do something better than him you know and he's not been shy about praising mm. how fast you surf and how progressive you are huh. and obviously your aerial abilities and he feeds off of that and I think you know, a lot of times in the past, you see a lot of people qualify for the tour and they go, "I did it, I'm yeah. a world class surfer." But it's such a huge level jump between the QS to the CT, and you compare that with someone like Adriano and, and others. And Adriano qualifies and he goes, "No, I have a lot to learn." You know, yep. like I'm not a complete surfer, and he develops this incredible power based game, and he spends you know the winter living with Jamie O'Brien, and yep. then wins the Pipe Masters. You know, <laughs> um, is that? is that how you approach surfing too do you do you try to drive off of people that you think oh maybe that part of the surfing i can work on is that
1: um yes you know definitely it's um it's something that i you know try to do every day is improve and try to get better at everything i do you know especially surfing and i know i'm not the best surf in the world you know for people you know being fans there's like oh you're the best surf in the world you mm-hmm. know like Okay. Yeah. uh, Okay. I I could be really good at what I'm doing right now, but there's a lot to learn still and a lot to improve, you know, like being honest here, there's, I don't know when the next calculator is coming. I mean, I'm not the next later, you know, that's, Mm. that's for sure. That's a fact. And it's, um, You know it's one in a million that you know comes to to win 11 world titles but you know i i know i have the potential to win world titles and you know i i know what i need to get better what i need to improve and that's what i think people when qualify you know when they get on tour they look you know at their surfing and they go like okay there's like five points I need to improve, you know, here are the five points. Okay, I'm going to go trail pool, spend like a month. I'm going to go to, you know, a pipeline. If it's rail work, go Bells, go J Bay, you know, you go try and improve every day. You try new boards and, you know, there's a lot of things that can actually improve. And Adriano, it's a good example of that, you know, he uh, spent like four months in Hawaii, five months in Hawaii pretty much surfing with the bass, you know, uh, out there. And, you know, hard work pays off. You, you won the world title on masters.
0: It, it does happen a lot. Like, I think a lot of times, especially because there's more attention on surfing now, surfers from the previous generation, people presume like they were complete surfers when they arrived. Mm. But, you know, Mick and Joel openly admit that when they were rookies, they couldn't backhand barrel ride, you know, mm. and they did what you said, you know, they would go to Chopu and spend four to six weeks yep. outside the event. Well, and I mean, just get comfortable.
1: That's the only way you can actually improve, surfing, you know. Yeah. It's being in the ocean, spending you're spending time out there. There's no other way. Like it's not watch, watching clips on, on the internet that you're gonna get good. You know, you gotta you gotta be out there. You gotta surf, and because every wave is gonna be different. You know, every day is gonna be different. It's not the wrench, You know, that which is every wave is gonna be perfect. And you can actually try the next one, try the next one, try the next one, and get better. Mm-hmm. Here, you know, uh, at the ocean, it's something different. It, tides and winds and everything. So you gotta spend time out there. Do you think you're the fastest surfer in the world? i mean i don't know man it's it's hard to say that but i'll say it i
0: know I, i'm not the only one but on that note i remember vividly your rookie year because you've had these seismic moments in your career and we've talked mm. a lot about them mm. and i mean and one even in the qualifying year i remember you doing like eight foot backhand rotation at merriweather <laughs> like and people like lost their yeah, minds you yeah, were in yeah, the yeah. orange wetsuit and everyone's yeah. like, oh my yeah. god so i think people always knew that you were a complete game changer as far as aerial surfing but i remember your rookie year we were at bells mm. and i think it was sort of it was clean but kind of small like maybe yeah. three to four foot Rincon, and people mm. were like oh i don't remember who you had but people were like oh, i don't think he's an air guy but because you're so fast people were blown away by your rail game mm. like would you consider speed like one of your greatest assets whether it's in the air or on the face and
1: um yes you know um i agree with you it's what i try to do in the wave you know go as fast as i can and with that you know have the flow to you know go through turns and not digging the rail and you know making sure i have enough speed to do a big turn and at the same time gets more speed at the bottom you know so i have enough speed up there at the lip so i think that's you know that's something really hard to have enough speed to you know like go as fast you know as you can and people look at it as like oh my god he's so fast mm. you know and at the same time have the flow you know to to go between turns and um i think that's that's one you know major point of my surfing right now
0: yeah i mean in speed in surfing or competitive surfing used to mm-hmm. be associated with that surfer's really fast look he did 20 turns yeah but now it's like that surfer's so fast he's doing like five massive turns, yeah. you know? And, yeah. and I think the judging criteria has done a good job over the last decade of
1: rewarding
0: power and innovation and just yeah. seeing, like, the best surfing as opposed to quality over quantity.
1: Yeah, for sure. I've, I felt like it's funny to watch, you know, like especially J-Bay, you know, if you watch Mick Fanning doing, like, four huge carves and then you see, like, another guy, you know, blowing the tail, coming, like, one carve floater, you know, hitting the lip and, you know, just, like, little reverse. And then you go, like well, it's like way cooler to watch Mick doing like four huge turns and then, you know, see the guy hitting the leap and, you know, like doing reverses at J-Bay and then you hear the scores like score way higher for Mick Fanning than the other guy, you know. Mm. But I feel like sometimes it's it's definitely, you know, the rail surfing and the power and the old school style, you know, it it definitely comes to play better than, you know, like some of the other surfing, you know, just like tricky surfing, I want to say. Yeah but of course depends on the conditions as well you know
0: you you mentioned before that, you know kelly is sort of a, a unique like one in a million people's mm-hmm. ever going to do that's probably a bigger number but you know every year there's tens of thousands of kids that compete like in junior yep. right and a very small percentage of them ever even compete on the qs and then an even smaller percentage ever qualify and then an even tinier percentage ever even win an event yep. and you've want a bunch of ct events there's a big difference between that big group and someone who can win the ct like that's that's really special
1: um yeah you know um even nowadays there's there's people that've been on the tour forever and haven't won cts yet yeah and um there were always people like that. yeah yeah yeah, and it's actually really really hard yeah you know and um oh it was definitely really special for me and um you know, I actually never thought about that. <laughs> you know, it's funny to think about that right now. and just really like, oh, I've won like what seven, eight already, and it's just like, whoa, there's people here like in ten years on tour and they never won one. And yeah, it's uh beyond I'm beyond grateful, you know, and and blessed to to win a couple events and to actually be, you know, what two years in a row now fighting for a title. And it's hard. It's so hard, you know. As you said, coming from from the Qs, you know, it's a, it's. A, totally different venue environment to, you know, like you surf QS is like four or five foot waves that you struggle sometimes, which is like super windy and bad and, you know, like not the best conditions and you got on tour, there's always there's going to be one event that's going to be really bad sometimes. but. Sure. Most of it, it's gonna be perfect waves, you know, like pumping. They always choose the best days, and we got like ten days of waiting period that we can choose the best day. And how that guy that been on the QS for like ten years, you know, gonna get there on the first year winning event? So hard to do that. Yeah. And that guy that can actually do that, you know, he's a really good surfer. You know, yeah. to adapt, you know, from one one thing that he was so used to do to just a completely different new thing you know like new criteria new way of surfing new yeah. waves and um different routine and all that you know but that was that was actually a big um a big thing for me you know because i know you know I was, I was being honest with me and when i qualified i was like am i ready to do that you know right. like and you, you know, were like, seven i 17? was uh 16 to 17 yeah yeah that's yeah. Young, man. yeah so i was like well i uh, I don't think I'm ready to do that. You know, like Mick Fanning was surfing, Andy Ireland surfing, Joel, you know, Kelly, I was like, Frick, you know, what I'm doing here? And I was just like, okay, I'm just, you know, going to surf and try to improve and watch them and see what's going on and just try to learn, you know, and that's what I did. You know, because I, I had so many people just like, oh, you're not ready. You're not going to last one year in there. And I was like, man, I don't need to hear that, you know. <laughs> (laughs) I'm going to do it for myself, not for you guys. And, and I did it, you know, I survived the first year Yeah, and the second year was better. Third year was a little better, you know, like just improving every year. And now, I mean, I'm not saying I'm a complete surfer, but I feel like from this year, like today and, you know, first year I got on tour, I'm like 200% better. You know, I mean,
0: you're also because you qualified sixteen, seventeen. You're yeah. also physically becoming like a man. Yeah, you know, like, and that's a big deal. Growing
1: like, muscles it, and getting heavier and training, and all and you
0: that. have to calibrate your equipment because you getting yeah. bigger, and you kind of yeah. just have to settle into that. I, mm-hmm. I I think that that's one of the big things that is unappreciated is the level that jumps between the QS and the CT. Like even yeah. before I was working here, I was like an asshole because it's like <laughs> yeah. you watch the events and you're like, number forty four sucks.
1: Not watching who's it, <laughs> but
0: and then you go and you like, you know, and then I get a job and I'm like, I better be nice. And you, you go out and you surf with them, and yeah, like, that's the best surfer I've ever seen in oh my life.
1: God, what is he doing in the water? It's crazy, yeah, it is insane. crazy.
0: Do, but do you think there is maybe a level between the top five and the rest of the 34? Do you feel like it's one of those things where on any given day, anyone can beat anyone else?
1: Um, I think you know what. Makes that difference. You know, it's uh, the start of the year sometimes, you know, that first half, you know, the, the ranking starts really good. And, you know, a couple of event, a couple of wins, semifinals, final. And then by the middle of the year, you know, there's that five or six guys that kind of projecting for a world title race. And I think, you know, what makes the difference? It's how you observe that pressure that all those people looking at you and sucking your energy in some way asking you to do a lot or you know just cheering for you in a way that you're like oh my god i gotta do it you know i gotta do it. i gotta better be good i gotta win an event and that's when the best one's gonna win the world title you know like psychologically saying you know
0: i think it's really similar andy irons um, said this a long time ago he said everyone everyone wants you to win your first world title and yep. as soon as you do, everyone wants you to lose. <laughs> and and it's probably you can apply that to being in the front. You yeah. know, do you you're in the front right now. Yep. Do you like being in the front or do you like to be hunting?
1: You know, it's um it's a hard question. Everyone wants to be number one position. But once you get there and then you actually feel how gnarly it is to be number one. Spot, <laughs> spotlight. Yeah. You know, you have a target on your back. Everyone's trying to hit that target. You're just like, oh my god, you know, I got gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta make hits. You know, yeah. you gotta that's, do more press. You gotta yeah. do more sponsor
0: things. There's so
1: many you more know. obligations that you gotta do. You know, and that's what I did to myself last year. I think. Mm. You know, I, I I put so much pressure on my on my back, and you're just like, I have to. I you know, I have to make hits. I have to win this event. Just watching you know the other guys he's just like oh my god he's gonna make it and then be mad that he make his heat i was like what you know like this year and then i did that i was like why i was doing that you know so dumb you know like and i mean this year it don't really matter being number one or being number two or three what really matters to me it's surf and if i'm happy you know if i'm not happy it doesn't really matter you know if I'm number one and I'm just like struggling just like psychologically just oh man you know like oh, you're not living life you know not enjoying surfing the way I actually do every time I'm free surfing and that's what I'm doing this year just taking that pressure off just like relaxing and surfing and enjoying and actually being happy for my you know the other competitors not just for the Brazilian or my friends you know just for the other guys just like oh man that was sick that wave was insane he should have made that heat and you're just like you know cheering for them and as soon as I started doing that I everything started working way better for me the answer for a question is like i don't really matter being number one or being number three it it feels good to be number one of course have that yellow jersey you know i think i look cool in yellow (laughs) um i think sometimes being the the underdog it's uh, kind of more you know like more relaxing you know position to like okay i don't got not nothing to lose you know i can just gonna go there and smash that guy and be number one but you know, it's uh, it's hard when you when you're number one, you actually feel that pressure.
0: But as you said too, like you've learned something. You're always learning things, yep. you know. And it sounds like you've learned, you've at least analyzed last year, and now you're applying that to this
1: year. Yeah.
0: I want to talk about one more thing um, because family is something that's come up a lot, and you're it's something that's super important to you. Yep. And you're a father now. Explain to me a little bit about your motivation in terms of performance, both in competition, out competition, just as a surfer. Um, before and after becoming a father.
1: You know, when you're single and you don't have kids or a wife or none of these obligations, you're just like, okay, I'm cruising, I'm surfing, enjoying life. If I want to do a surf trip, I'll do a surf trip. Or, you know, like, okay, I got my mom and dad here, but they're all saddle, you know, I got them. They're really good. They're living their lives. And once you have a wife and two kids and a house and, you know, all these obligations, you're like, okay, now it's game on. And you look at your kid every time you come back from contests and you have like four days at home, you're just like, oh, man, I'm going again, you know? like, And you're just that energy when you're home, when you have your kids with you, you know you, you do it for them. It's uh, no matter what, no matter what's gonna happen, you're gonna do it for them. And you know it's it's funny sometimes for me. You know, like three minutes remaining, I still need a score. I'm losing, and you know I just close my eyes, think about them. You're just like you get that energy from from them. They're at home, and just that energy comes from the from home. You know, you're just like okay, let's go. It's still like a minute and a half now. I, you know, I can get the score, and um, you know it's it's something different. It's family, man. Family changes you. And, you know, being a father, there's so many things that I'm scared off to do right now. You know, like just even surfing, competing, you know, like Tahiti. I was like, man, what if something happens to me? You know, I'm not going to see my family again. And but at the same time, you're like, I'm here doing for them. And OK, I'm going to go. You know, it's like but it's it's really fun, man. It's it's amazing. There's not nothing that I wanted more to, you know, to, to be in my life than than being a dad and um, having, you know, a family to take care of and a family to take care of me on the hard times and um, you know and actually when I got back home I'm not going places trying to find people and parties and all that I just go home and I know I have my really happy place over there you know it's uh, it's, an, it's something awesome, really man. special. <laughs> right. Before you
0: go, we're gonna do the lightning round. All
1: right. All right. What what, what is it? Well, I'm you, scared. Uh, you,
0: you, you should be. <laughs> uh, I okay. Lightning round questions. So, 10 questions. You answer them as fast as you can. Okay. One board setup for the rest of your life. Single fin, twin fin, thruster, quad, bonzer, or finless?
1: Oh, uh, twin fin. Twin fin. Twin okay. fin.
0: Coffee or tea? Coffee. Burrito or pizza?
1: Damn, son. Come on. Ah, uh, I go pizza. Brazilian pizza. Ah, uh, what's the difference? Uh, there's much more filling in it. Oh all right. uh, yeah, it's like okay. proper. All right. <laughs> You should try one in Brazil. Does Jadson have a pizza company? Oh, yeah, he does. Okay, I'll ask him. He eats pizza for free, man. I'm going to ask him. I know.
0: Last book you read?
1: <laughs> I don't even remember. <laughs>
0: Best surf film ever?
1: Best surf film ever? Three Degrees.
0: One Wave you never have to go back to?
1: I've never had to go back to? One Wave
0: you don't want to go back to.
1: Okay, that took too much already. Too... <laughs> I don't know.
0: If you only get to surf one wave for the rest of your life.
1: For the rest of my life? Mm-hmm.
0: J-Bay. j Best person to share a lineup with?
1: a War two server
0: (laughs) worst person to share a lineup with
1: oh god okay I'll go back I'll go back on the first question best best person to share a lineup with okay my brother
0: worst person to share a lineup with a War to server (laughs) (laughs) that is a consistent answer (laughs) last one finish this sentence I will next achieve a state of happiness by
1: winning a word title
0: yeah man thank you thank you so much yeah brother yeah brother All right, that is it. That is our conversation with the one and only Felipe Toledo. I hope you enjoyed it. I also hope you tune in to watch Felipe battle Italo Ferreira, Gabriel Medina, Jordy Smith, and Kolohe Andino at the final event of the year, the Billabong Pipeline Masters. You can watch that live on worldsurfleague.com or the WSL app. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the lineup wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back next Friday, and we'll talk to you then.